I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelle. You're not average. You're not even good. You were born to be great. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined by my illustrious co-host, the one and only Only world-famous viral motivational speaker, uh, uh, PhD author. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, just the all-around good dude, man. E.T., the hip-hop preacher. What's going on, brother? That's what I'm talking about. Last week, I just got the basic boy which I enjoy, but when you compare it to all the other ones, it seemed like something was wrong, but the illustrious, Yeah, yeah, like yeah for sure, illustrious. illustrious. I'm trying to get better yeah. with my vocabulary. Also, I we're like joined that. by, as always, man, the uh, the right hand of the squad uh, of the podcast, the, really the guy who makes all of this stuff happen. Me and he don't do nothing but talk, but uh, somebody texted me and was like, man, I love the podcast. Why, do, why How come you don't ever introduce Carl? So I got to come up with something for Carl as well. <laughs> you feel me? You know hey, I'm what I mean? big time now. Tony I'm in Starks. there. I'm in there. Yeah, hey, you're in there, time. Carl. Yeah. So Carl is actually on a, on a mini vacation with his family right now. And um, we were saying we could have somebody else record it for us and do the whole thing. And I said, absolutely not. Carl has a fan base now. And uh, it would be off-putting to our listeners not to have Carl on the show. So Carl is joining us live and direct from Maryland. He got there a couple weeks ahead just to scope the scene and see what's going on. Carl, how's your vacation so far with the family? Oh, man. Just, man, anytime you just change that environment, man, um, just huge. You know, the kids, everybody just getting to be a different place. Now, it's a a little bad for me in the sense that we got here the first day. It was snowing. But no, nah, she picked up. The weather Ooh. picked up, and we hit we Ooh. hit sixties. I think today it's not hit, even snowing in Michigan. Oh, uh, that's what I said. As soon as I left Michigan, it got here. It started snowing. So, but no, nah, I picked up. The family's just you know just enjoying that that change of pace. You know, change of scenery. So yeah, man, no complaints at yeah, all. Yeah, absolutely, good stuff, man. We uh you know wanted you to make sure you had a good good vacation, but we couldn't go too long without letting you work. So. Um, tell Tamisha we apologize for this hour of your time that we're about to steal. And I want to jump into a new segment, man. I got a new segment, if that's okay with y'all. And it's called, uh, Am I Tripping Or? Right? So each week, you know, we're going to come with this segment called, Am I Tripping Or? And basically, it's just stuff that we've seen throughout the week that, you know, it could it could be something really wrong with the situation, or it could just be me, or it could be E, or it could be Carl. So whatever y'all see throughout the week, um, that's that's kind of crazy looking. You know, we're going to start this segment called Am I Tripping Or? And since it's, you know, my idea and I came with the segment first, of course, I'll come with mine. But am I tripping or are kids soft these days, right? So let me let me start with, let me start by saying this. I know back in the day, you know, our grandparents and, you know, some of our elders would say, boy, back in my day, I used to walk 57 miles to school one way uphill, right? And I get it, right? But let me tell you, am I tripping or... Okay, in my neighborhood, there's a, a bus that comes through to get the kids, right? And so I have, we live in a subdivision, and it's like one windy street to get you all the way out of here. So I, n- n- nine times out of ten, I beat the bus out, you know, and I'm gone before the bus gets there. But sometimes Candace and Trey, they dragging a little bit. For instance, this morning, Trey didn't want to get up, didn't want to brush his teeth. I had to hog time to brush his teeth. And so it was one of those days where I got out a little late. And I get out in the and I got stuck behind the bus. Now, what's the problem with that? The bus stops at every single street 
on the way out. E. No, no, no. I don't think you understand. You and Carl live about what? Five, six houses away. There would be three stops in between your house to Carl house. These kids are now. Now, mind you, let me preface it by saying these kids are in high school. We're not talking about babies. This is not elementary school. These are high school kids. They on the corner talking to the person on the other corner and the bus literally stops at every single street. So what should take me 90 seconds to get out of my subdivision ends up taking me about 45 minutes because the bus stops at every single street and picks these kids up. Now, I'm not saying I walked 60 miles to school. I rode the bus. But in my neighborhood, when we rode the bus, Everybody in the whole hood met at one central location and the bus made one stop in your neighborhood and was out of there. E, am I tripping or is that crazy? Nah, bro, it's just, hey, I don't want to get in trouble. You know I'm already in trouble with a couple people from the St. Louis boy. E too hard. E all these kids. He talking to these kids, you know. But I, I, I always say, you know, I have a 20-year-old. He just hit me and told me, um... Dad, I just left seeing my academic advisor and I'm graduating in four years. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and I'm hard on him. I am. You know what I'm saying? So to all those parents out there, you know, when you come into these schools and I'm, I'm doing the same thing I'm doing to mine who graduated in four years. You know what I'm saying? So um, sometimes it's not about having a relationship with them, being, you know, buddy, buddy with them, cool with them. And I am close to my children. But sometimes, man, you, you, you got to tell the truth. You know, you got to lay out the facts. And it's just real. These kids have just like every accommodation, see? Every accommodation in the book. And I get, I do get it. Every generation, we should be, you know, more knowledgeable. Uh, I do believe that, you know, punishment should have a purpose. You know, our, um, you know, our aim is not uh, to, you know, beat our children down to strip them of their confidence or their self-esteem. But at some point, see, you know, you 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 have to deal with reality. The inability to self-assess. Hey, but how am I supposed to hey, how am I supposed to check Instagram if I gotta walk to the corner? Uh, I gotta look and, and at my Instagram. I'm, I gotta uh, check my Twitter. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like, you know, I get it, see, I get it that we do want to, you know, build our kids up and we, you know, don't want to, you know, strip them and tear them down. But at the same time, if we want them to be successful, man, no pain, no gain. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you just, and you some touched on something, e, and, and, and you know, I just want to, I want to put a bow on this thing, and you know, uh, that that's our new segment, y'all. It's over. Am I tripping or? So look forward to hearing that every week. But I want to jump into, you know, what you just talked about. And so, uh, for those of you who know, you know, kind of what our roles are on the team. It's up to me to control the messaging. Like E says a lot of stuff, and you know, I, I just put out what I think the world needs to hear. And we kind of talked about that last week. But of course, now understand something. I am very brand conscientious, and I know what we're putting out, and I know I know what the feedback is gonna be. Because we've been doing this so long and we've spent so much time with it, I know what the feedback is going to be before we even put something out. And so, especially when we put something out as heavy as the nothing funny video, I already knew what the response was going to be. And I knew that there was going to be a group of people and, and trust me, I've seen the tweets and I've seen the emails and stuff like that. And we got people saying, cause you just touched on it. So I just want to jump right into it. We got people saying, 
oh, you blaming the victim. And you, you said that they listened at the white schools and you comparing and contrasting, you beating down their confidence even, even further. Let me tell you something. Okay, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm not mad at you. I already knew some of you were going to feel like that. And that's okay. I was ready for that. But let me tell you what, and, and, and this is not to, you know, try to smooth anything over anything. I'll let E speak for itself on that particular issue. But understand something. E spoke at that school for 45 minutes. I spoke for about 15, 20. Toby spoke for about 15, 20. What you saw was about four minutes of E's 45 minute speech. And so you have no context really to make an evaluation one way or another. I'm trying to give it to you to start a conversation, absolutely. And I'm hoping it inspires people and I'm hoping they don't take it out of context. But I understand that because of the way in which we put it out in a four minute segment, it's out there to be judged. I'm not mad at that, it's, it's, it's work. That's what we do, it, it can be judged. But just try to put yourself in my shoes in that you're basically what I'm tasked to do is take a piece of a chapter of a book and then give it to the people and then allow people to judge the entire book based off of that one piece of a chapter. And so I got a lot of emails and a lot of feedback. I mean, don't get me wrong, 95% of it was positive and people said, wow, you really went in. The other 5% were upset with the fact that E compared, you know, this school that we were at to white schools or Jewish schools or Latino schools. And the other 5%, you know, was also mad that they felt like he was victim blaming and all of those things. And I'll, I'll let E speak on this for herself. But the first thing that I want to say is, if you look at it, one thing you know for sure is that it wasn't calculated. Obviously, this isn't something he planned in, uh, on coming in and doing. And then the other thing is, I would encourage all of you to look at the end of the video. Because I'll be real, when I first gave Ken the edits for the video, Ken sent it back to me. And he ended it right when E stopped talking. So if you see the video when E stopped talking and he was like, you know, so you mine or whatever, it might've been the last words. Ken cut the video off right there. And I said, no, 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 Ken, we have got to show the end of the video where the kids were all over E and wanted pictures with him. And can you sign my backpack? And can you do this? And can you do that? That message hit home with those kids. Those kids came up to us in tears. Those kids were, you know, just moved. They, they talked about their dreams and their ambitions and thank you for pushing me. So for all those people out there who somehow think that E snapped on these kids and we walked out and it was a bad feeling in the room or people were upset and, you know, it was kind of like a gray cloud over, watch the end of the video and watch how those kids responded to E afterwards. The other thing I'll say, and I promise you I'm gonna shut up and let E talk, the other thing I'll say is we have a relationship with that school. That's not the first time we've been to that school. That's not the first time we've dealt with those kids. Those kids, E has been working with, with those exact same group of kids for years. So you're talking about someone who has a personal private relationship. We didn't ride in on a high horse, go off on them kids and leave. E been doing Skype sessions with them. We've been working with the kids who are, are, are doing the Costa Rica project. They actually came out to our show in St. Louis. So these are kids that we have a relationship with. So don't get it twisted thinking we just went in there and blasted some kids and left and you know it was a dark cloud over it. And also the other thing that may not come through in the video is the fact that 90% of those kids in the room were doing a, an amazing job listening. He just so happened to catch one little dude who I didn't even see out of the corner of his eye playing around and he wasn't in the mood and my man caught the business. 
But notice we didn't put him on camera. We didn't point him out anything like that. But he understood the fierce urgency of now and what could happen to this kid down the line if he doesn't connect. So E, I'll let you jump in and kind of talk about your perspective. But what do you say to the people who say, oh, E, you, you victim blaming and these kids, it's not their fault for, you know, the situation they're in. And why would you go off on those kids like yeah. that? What do you have well, to say absolutely, about that? Absolutely, bro. You know, um, that's their perspective and I feel them, you know, but my thing is, you know, I, I speak to kids about what you can control, control what you can control. You know, and like I said, I have a 20 year old son and an 18 year old daughter, you know, so um, I look at what I've been able to and my wife in our community, the village has been able to do to expose our children to certain things and help our children, um, you know, to have some measure of success and be good citizens, you know, and a part of that is accept ownership, you know, control what you can control. And, you know, I could go into my whole past, you know, um, I can't control who my parents were. I can't control, I wanted, why wasn't I born, you know, in California on the island or something in Hawaii? You know, why wasn't my father in my life? You know, why did he choose not to raise me? You know, why did I go to the Detroit Public School? See, it's some stuff I can't control, bruh. You know, why wasn't I born, you know, in a different ethnic, I don't know, what, why didn't I, you know, come into, um, billions of dollars when I was born. I can't. There's just some things that we cannot control. And what I teach people is control what you can control. You know, are, are there some um, sick people in the world? You know, are there some um, major challenges politically, you know, uh, economically in America? Absolutely. But control what you can control and you can control your behavior. You, you can't tell me, see, that based on institutional racism, that that gives a kid a right to come to school and not pay attention when the lecturer is lecturing. You know what I'm saying? That you have the right because certain things happen in your home. When you come to school, you can talk and clown, you know what I'm saying, and not pay attention. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So what I teach is control what you can control. If you're going to come to school every day, you cannot control the school district that you go to but you can't control your level of engagement. You can't control time on task. You can't control doing your homework. You can't control uh, taking tests. You can't control um, uh, preparing yourself for quizzes. You can't control meeting with your teacher. Like, don't, don't play me. Uh, when you deal with certain challenges, absolutely. There are some things that are out of our control, but there are some things in our control. And I remember when I was a shorty, I would go to my grandmother's uh, bathroom and she had a prayer seat and maybe this is where I get this from and maybe it's my grandma fault. But she had a she had a, a, um, a prayer on the wall. It was a little wooden prayer and it was called a prayer of serenity, uh, CJ. Don't know if you've ever seen it before, right? But my grandma had that, you know, on the wall, right? So to all those people out there, um, you know, who got an attitude with E.T. for, you know, his perspective, then you're going to have to call my grandma and talk to my grandma, right? But pretty much what the, what the prayer said, if I'm not mistaken, it said we were to accept the things we cannot change and we were to have the courage to change the things we can and the wisdom to know the difference between the two, see? So forgive me, you know, blame it on my grandma, you know, but my grandma taught me in the bathroom, see? I, how many times do you go to the bathroom, see? So every time I would go to my grandmother's bathroom, that prayer was there. Accept the things we cannot change and have the courage 
to change the things that we can and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. So I'm just saying, you can control your behavior. You can sit down and listen and do what you're supposed to do. So that, so again, you cannot change the academic rigor. You cannot change um, uh, the professional staff. You cannot change uh, the leadership. You cannot, there are things you cannot change in, in the school system that you attend. You cannot change who your parents are. You cannot change what economic um, uh, environment you were birthed into. You cannot necessarily change uh, some of the political uh, systems in your community and, and abroad. But what you can change, see, change. And that's what I'm telling these kids. What you can change, change. Do not be a victim. Do not say, um, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. Shoot, all of us, see, have been born with um, our own particular uh, setbacks. But you do not become successful playing the blame game. So that's what I would say to those people on the couch, those people on Instagram and Facebook who do not visit the schools, who going to tell me what I should and should not do from their couch. Don't you don't have the don't you the audacity for you to tell me what to do when you're not in the schools, when you're not volunteering your time, when you're not raising money to send these kids to Costa Rica. They are in Costa Rica right now. They have left their community and traveled thousands of miles away from their home and they're experiencing a world that they've never experienced. So, yes, if I invest in them, then I have the right. I have the absolute right to pour into their lives the way I see fit. So if you're not going to go to the schools, if you're not going to come out your pocket, if you're not going to uh, invest your time, then please get off the Internet trying to tell me what I should and should not do. But if you want to travel with us and you want to support these kids and you want to be in their lives, then you have the right to construct. Give me constructive criticism. But if you I do not take constructive criticism from people who've never constructed anything. Uh, so the Twitter, it's the Twitter protesters that they, they don't get a say in this. No, the Instagram the, the posters, nah, the meme no, posters. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, they don't get a say in this. Come up to the school with me. So hey, see, ran, random fact, but less than less than three. I think it's like three weeks after we left there, Vashon High School. <clears throat> excuse me, Vashon High School actually won their class Absolutely. four state championship, Absolutely. their basketball team. Absolutely. So I don't know if we we actually mentioned that, but I'm just saying. I can't tell you that, you know, because we were there, you know, the kids won. But I'm just saying, like, these kids didn't walk away from that event, you know, discouraged. These kids walked away, I think, with a new hope. And, and I think what I'm going to do is, guys, and what I'll do, you know, just because, man, for real, I, I'll be real with you guys. This, as as some of you probably know out there, this video went over, what, 10, 10 million views? Just on one, yeah, just on one, one guy had over 10 just on his right. Facebook Right, and post. so this is... I mean, this is the fastest growing viral video we've ever had. I mean, even bigger than when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Can you believe that? Of, Can you believe yeah, that? In terms of just off the cuff. And so, you know, I, I want to make sure that we don't want to, I'm not trying to overdo it and, you know, capitalize off anything. What I'm trying to do is I want to give context. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to show the session that we had with some of the basketball players and some of the students afterwards because we, again, we didn't just leave and we were out and, and, and you know, there was a gray cloud over the room. We actually went into, I believe we're in the library, right? We actually went into the library and some of you might have saw it on Periscope, but we sat in there and did Q&A with those students for another hour and they had so many questions and they wanted to know about their future and, and, and how to get to that next level and, you know, just how to get out of the situation they were in. We had another small group session. So I think what I'll do is 
I'll, I'll have um, Kim put that up on Monday just so you guys can check it out and see, you know, the kind of work we're doing. But, you know, you're absolutely right, man. And I, I went off on a podcast, you know, before we even start doing this podcast, just about for real, be careful of who you're judging. Like, you know, people want us to, you know, run to Ferguson and run to New York and run to, yo, we have a system of how we do things. And we have been giving back since I knew E. We have always been in the community. That's one of the main things Carl will attest to. We've always stressed, you know, our, our civic responsibilities. We understand what is on us. We under we don't even charge high school. High schools call me all the time. How much do you charge? We don't charge anything. If we are in your area, we will do everything we can possibly do to come by there, right? And so understand that, you know, this is something that we've been doing. You know, this is something that we are committed to. If you don't like our formula and how we do it, that's fine. All we're asking is that you get up and do what you think is going to work, right? Go out to the schools and speak to the kids like you think they'll listen, right? Because I watched the impact. I know that the students were encouraged afterwards and they came up to us. That wasn't even the end of the speech. That was the, the doggone right in the middle of the speech. There was still, he probably talked for another 30 minutes after that. And so whatever you think is right, we're just asking that you do. So I'm not, I could care less if you judge it. That's what it's for, right? We put out information and people judge it. But like I always said, we are the guru of our success formula. That's how we've gotten it done. That's how we've seen results over the years. And we're going to continue to do it. By all means, if you have another opinion or another strategy or another approach, you write your books, you put your videos out, and you do what you think is right. But I want to transition a little bit, E, because you said something that was deep. You know, you talked about Jalen, and of course, Jalen, Eric's son, is getting ready. I can't believe it, but he's getting ready to go do an internship at Rock Nation, uh, Jay-Z's sports agency company. He's getting ready to go do an internship, and I think we just talked about it. We were talking before we started the podcast. He's getting like six credits for it, and he'll graduate in four years. And I was just like, wow. You know, Carl was like, man. And, and I told E, I said, okay, it took you 12. It took me five and a half. So between the two of us, we're looking at almost 18 <laughs> years to get, hey. you know, a couple four-year degrees. <laughs> and here's Jalen doing it in four Don't years. Don't rush the process, see. Don't, Don't rush, rush the process. process. Trust the process. Trust the Absolutely. Process. <laughs> and here's Jalen doing it in four years, Ian. I kind of want you to speak to legacy because, you know, he talked about it. Like, understand, our very first company it was called Break the Cycle. And what he said he was going to do has changed the trajectory of his family dynamics forever. And that is, he's, you hear he said all the time, he, he constantly repeats it. His grandfather was a high school dropout. His father was a high school dropout. And he dropped out of high school. But he made the decision to change his life and turn everything around. And wow, here's his son graduating from Michigan State University in four years, an internship with Rock Nation Sports. He wants to be a sports agent and he's living out his dreams. And because of E's choices, he's changed the legacy of his family. And so, E, I kind of want to talk today a little bit about legacy and the importance of it and kind of what happens if you don't. And we're not even talking, some of you may be. You know, and E, I want you to kind of speak generally because some people may be saying, well, you know, I graduated from college or but I'm just talking about living life to the fullest and, and passing that down to your kids. And it's something that I'm learning from you, obviously, with a two year old, um, you know, and, and a daughter on the way. You know, these are things that I'm trying to pick up from you. But talk about legacy and the importance of, you know, just making it happen for that next generation. Well, let me say this, Steve, and I don't know how you say this. I don't know the term to use. You know, but it's almost, you know, some Michael J. Fox back 
you know, back to the future. Um, but what a lot of people don't know, um, and of course, you know, everybody's thinking about how will your success um, impact your children. But my mother, who graduated from high school uh, and because she was pregnant with me, wasn't able to go to college, my mother ended up going back to school at 48 and getting her college degree at 52. So long before we talk about my children, I think my um, college journey and my sister's college journey really inspired my mother, you know, to make a dream of hers become a reality. And that was to go to college, you know, and my mother made a decision when she had me that she was going to make me her, her priority. And so she decided to get a job um, and she retired from Ford Motor Company's headquarters, microfilm in Dearborn, Michigan, after 30 years of service. But in that process, she could have just, you know, finished work. She had a very good career. Um, but because of, you know, some of the accomplishments of her children, she didn't want to be the only one, you know, who did not have a college degree. So I, I, I want people to understand that not only are your children going to be blessed or your village is going to be blessed by your accomplishments and your ability to execute, you're going to inspire people before you, you know, people perhaps who are a little older than you are, who weren't able to make their dreams become a reality in their season, they'll be able to make their dreams become a reality. So I just wanted to bring that out, that I'm proud of my mother for going back, you know, and my mother didn't have to go back to school. As I mentioned, she had a good career, retired from Ford Motor Company, you know, but she used our inspiration to inspire her. So uh, with my son though, see, you know, my mother taught us that every generation should get better. That was my mother's biggest thing. It's like, look, we were able to do this for you. Yep, I did have you out of wedlock, but I did marry, right? And I did it right. Uh, and then um, her husband became, uh, my father adopted me. Um, and so, um, you know, life hadn't always been a crystal stare for my mom. She was homeless for a time in her transition when she was pregnant with me, you know, but uh, mom said, look, each generation has to do better. So for me, see, the bigger piece was getting in a committed relationship, you know, and having children in a marriage, right? So I, 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 I praise God for my mom's decision. I praise God for my mom's model, you know, and that she made some good decisions um, and that put me in a good uh, position. Uh, and her thing was, I want you to do better for your children. So being able to be married when we had Jalen and Jada, uh, I was married for five years when Jalen was born, almost eight years when Jada was born. Uh, my wife and I had, you know, a job and, a, and careers, um, you know, and then, you know, modeling for him. You know, I, I don't know if I told this story before, but I was on a plane once. Um, I think C may have mentioned it. I don't know if it was in this format or if it was in a conference, you know, but I did. I asked the chair of the math department uh, on a plane with me what I should do to help my son you know, to be successful. And he said, beyond telling him what to do, you should model it. So um, I have, you know, gotten a four-year degree and then an advanced degree. My wife uh, finished a four-year degree and an advanced degree. You know, she's in the um, a medical field. She's a registered nurse. I went, decided to do the educational field. But we've given our children, that we've modeled that for them. So they have physically watched my wife go to work and go uh, to school. They have physically watched their father go to work and go to school. You know, so we modeled it for him. Now my son, um, 
uh, is a part of my alum, and I'm so proud. You know, he's got, after the end of the semester, he'll only have 30 credits left, you know, and, uh, and he'll march across that stage and be able to do the exact same thing for his family, and that is to model a job uh, and a degree, you know, and so we're not forcing degrees, you know, on our generations, but we are saying, look at what we've accomplished. We've written books, and so I've, I've written a few books um, you know, along with, you know, the ETA family. And my son's aware of that. He knows the contributions I've made. He knows the contributions that the team has made, you know, to make this company what it is today. And so he's not only had his father as a model, but he's had CJ, he's had Carl, he's had Uncle Chuck, you know, he's had these individuals in his life, his mother, you know, et cetera. So we're, we're going to be able to say to each generation, you can start a multi-million dollar company or CJ, Hopefully by the time uh, Trey, you know, and hopefully by the time Jordan are adults, they can start a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, um, they will have books and mixtapes and conferences, you know, uh, and uh, voiceovers and movies and screenplays. Like these will be the things that will be common to them. You know, these will be the things that they've been exposed to from day one and they will have the blueprint. And from the blueprint, they will be able to decide what their legacy will be and what they will leave for generations to come. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, and I want to go right mm -hmm. and see. Hey, no, E, the one line that you said, I promise you, it almost brings tears to my eyes every time I hear that line. Each generation yeah. should get yeah. better. Each yeah. generation should get better. I, I need people to really hear that and think about that. And I'll tell you why it brings tears to my eyes. My grandmother, this is my mom's mom. No education. She had to work, you know, from the get-go. She had to work. And she did everything in her power to make sure my mom and my aunt, they went to school. They both came out, teachers. You know, my aunt worked in finance for years. Um, and I'm just watching my parents put my brother and I in a position to both have advanced degrees. I got a master's degree. I got two master's degrees. My brother got a Ph.D. And I'm watching the growth in my family. And I'm saying we always talk about measurement and this ain't nothing about money. This is like each generation should get better in their relationships. Yes. My grandmother was not yes. married. My parents are married. Both my brother and I are married. My grandmother had kids out of wedlock. Both my parents, you know, got their kids, to, you know, after they were married. I got my kids after, you know, what I'm saying we're not talking about Absolutely. money. We're not talking about stuff. Absolutely. Each generation, the quality of life Absolutely. should get better. And man, every time I hear it, that's just so strong to me. Measure that in your family. Go back. And it may not be something you could control before, but you better doggone be doing everything you can to make sure that that generation coming after you got something that they could step, a step that they could step on to go up to that next level. You start that platform for them, man. So that, yeah, that just gets me every time. Yeah, no, I agree, fellas. That's um, solid, solid stuff. And, you know, even, of course, looking at my own situation, you know, being the first one in my family to go to college. Uh, obviously my wife and I are both graduating, you know, we're expecting, you know, big things from Trey, you know, we're expecting big things from Avery when she gets here and, and we want to do our part to set them up and put them in that position, you know, and, and it's something that you look at, man. And if, if people could follow that formula, you know, how, how much, you know, better along the lines, you know, people would be just in terms of like, I look at E's family, like the, the, the curse could have stopped a generation before E, you know? Like his grandfather, his, you know, his great grandfather, his grandfather, his, his dad, all dropouts, multiple kids by multiple different women. His dad could have chose to stop that, you know, but he didn't, you know, and, and everything happens for a reason. And, you know, we are where we are probably because of it. But it only like the crazy part about it is 
E's family trajectory has changed forever because of one decision. You know what I mean? Like that, and that's what I try to tell kids who like, you know, they, they come from these, you know, desperate situations, Carl and E, they, they, they grow up in these environments and it's like, yo, I promise you, it, everybody don't have to do it. Like the whole, your whole block, your whole, all your friends, all your cousins, all your brothers, no, it only takes one person. Like literally it takes one person to make a decision to say, yup, I'm not going to live like that. I'm going to start living like this. And now instead of the Thomas family being known as womanizers and uh, high school dropouts and, you know, having multiple kids by multiple different women. Now the Thomas's family is going to be known for education and being stewards in the community and PhDs and nurses and sports agents. It took one person to do that, to change the Thomas family yeah, legacy and, forever. And, and let me say this, see, you know what I'm saying? Because, and this is going, you know, this going to be a little harsh, you know, a little hard to the ear for some people, you know, but I'm, I'm challenging you for real to grow up, you know, and take, take, take care of your responsibilities, you know, and break the cycle, you know, but I have to correct you, see, you know, and this is how, this is how, this is how deep, you know, generational, issues are and why they I'm sorry this is why th this is why generational issues you know are so important you said that I changed the Thomas you know uh trajectory if you will and the reality is I didn't you know what I'm saying I'm not a Thomas you know my mother married and, and I, I was adopted you know um you know that's not my that's that's not my biological family you know you know what I'm saying and so this is what's crazy see what's crazy is all the accomplishments that I make, I make under that name because my father wasn't there for me. Because my father wasn't where he was supposed to be, doing what he was supposed to do. It's like, uh, it not just was a generation impacted, see, but a generational name. And I struggle every day with, what do I do to make that right? You know, because I don't want four generations from now, my biological people, my cousins, you know what I'm saying, and my, my, my family members, not knowing my, my great nieces and my great, great, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, nephews, like they won't even know that, oh, that was my, oh, the, the, the guru guy, that was my uncle, that was my great, great uncle. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? See, so I really do want people to understand how devastating this is. And so that's why I'm passionate when I say this has to stop. And you're talking about somebody who didn't grow up under my circumstances, who didn't grow up in my community, who, who are, who's a teacher who has the slightest idea, who's reading something or watching something from their living room, who, who has no idea what it's like to be under my circumstances, tell these kids that, um, uh, well, these things happen to you, and because they happen to you, you have an excuse. You don't. Is it right? No. That we've been born under certain circumstances. No. Is it our fault? Totally. No. Is it, is, are there other people, other uh, uh, characters, you know, other uh, individuals that have been responsible for uh, allowing us to go this path? Absolutely. See, but as I said on the Dr. Thomas album, if you waiting for that institution to save you, it's not going to happen. See, and you don't have to stay in the state you're in. Yes, GED, but I didn't stay there. See, I didn't stay a high school dropout. 
I, I, I was blessed to get, because of the village and everybody in it, to get a PhD. Why? Because somebody said to me, you don't have to stay homeless. You don't have to stay a high school dropout. And so they did not sit me down, see, and, and, and talk me through all of the institutions that were responsible for where I was. No, they said, if you want to get out of this circumstance, we are here to help you. So this is why I'm so passionate, see, about not spending too much time dealing with the institutions, but letting people know that, look, we're here for you. We'll help you get your passport. We will use our influence to raise money to send you abroad. We're not here talking about it. We're actually doing it. So this is why your boy gets passionate, because there is a kid in prison who has all the right. See, he has every excuse to be in prison. He, ha he can get, he has all the, re there, there are institutions, there are people that are responsible for him being there. Absolutely. Some of my, my boys, some of my family members, I got friends and loved ones who are dead, see, right now, they're dead, see, and yes, we have a reason for why what happened to them happened, but I don't want to be a statistic, and I don't want them to be a statistic, so I say use the most powerful influence use the most powerful person in the world to help you get to that next level and who is that person it's you no you didn't necessarily get yourself in it but you can get yourself out of it hmm. and y'all wondering why he wake up early every day <laughs> you know what i mean like that like when you operating from that perspective and you operating with with, with that kind of urgency like for real, y'all, we still operate with a sense of urgency because the job is not done yet. There are still people out there who need to hear the message. There's still people out there who are going through it. And so we have to wake up and fulfill our purpose every day. And he is a testament to that. And you hear the passion in his voice. And that's what we do. And that's what he does. And, you know, we get our marching orders from him. And so I want to kind of shift it just a tad bit. See, before. see, my bad. Real quick, though. See, I'm sorry. I, I know we got to balance this thing out. But I just want to make sure I say this because I want to make sure that people don't get us twisted. We are not perfect. Listen to me. I would be a liar if I told you my son, since I've known the kid, has not been a typical kid. So don't, don't sit here and think we say, you know, like, um, we put this plan together and everything has been, no, my son is a typical kid. My son wants, and I'm talking about see her tell you, Carla tell you, look, y'all think, y'all think I, I was on, I was hard on that boy? I wasn't hard on that boy. I wasn't hard on that boy at, at, at Vershawn High School. Trust me, I wasn't. They will tell you, I'm not a hypocrite. I ride my son. And my son once was on academic probation. And 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 we and I dealt with him. And we fit, look, ain't nobody perfect. My son is not some angel. But understand what I'm telling you. I made a vow, you will break the cycle and I will break you, I will break you before I let you continue the cycle. And so we're not crying perfection over here. We're not crying, my son has never made any mistakes. He hadn't made any errors. He, uh, he, he's a choir boy, he's not. He's your typical 20 year old, but watch this. He will finish in four years, why? Not because he's some special intellectual child, no, why? because he had a village that had some expectations for him. And that's what you saw in Vershawn. I have expectations for them, why? Because they mine, they come from where I come from. They've experienced what I've experienced, right? 
They go through the same challenges that I had to go through. And a lot of it had to do with me making some poor decisions, but I have expectations for them just like I have for my son. And so my expectations for my son is it can be done in four years and you're going to have to do it. And guess what that meant? That meant because of some mistakes he made, some summers while his friends were having a good time, he had to go to summer school. He had to take college courses during summer to get that thing done. So we're not preaching perfection, but we are preaching progression. And I will push him and I will push any other child that comes in my sphere of influence because I have expectations and my expectation is not prison. My, un my expectation is not unemployment. My expectations is not dead at a young age. My expectations is having, being, and doing what you're destined to do. And I will not settle for anything less, and I won't let anybody make me feel bad because I have expectations for my people, and I'm pushing them. Well, we can end the podcast on that one. I don't, I don't really have nothing else to say. Uh, what? No, I ain't got nothing to see. <laughs> Man, no. Hey, <laughs> hey, you see, I still get caught up. I forgot we was doing the podcast. I'm sitting here listening to E like, wow. wow. But man, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really stuck. Um, yeah, but no, I got you, E. I'm, I'm with you a, a thousand percent. And I think, you know, for me, I think the, the lens is a little different for me, right? So for me, you know, I had a father who he broke the cycle, right? So unlike E, where E had to do it himself, my dad did it for me. So his father wasn't in his life. My dad was, you know, a, a high school phenom in, in football, and his dad never came to saw him to see him play one game. And, you know, my, my grandfather was an alcoholic and, you know, just a terrible relationship with his kids. And my dad decided to be the one to break the cycle for me, right? And so kind of like, like look at how I got into this for my father to do that for me, what happened was my dad said, I'm gonna take that pain and that hurt that I felt from not having my father in my life, and I'm gonna make sure I never miss a day of my kids, you know, uh, uh, life. And, and whether it was basketball and football, and I remember being young and I didn't even understand it, E, but my dad would literally, you, you know, you talk about your dad coming to practice, like games, my dad would come to the practices. And I used to be like, pops, you don't gotta be here for practice, bro. Like, no other parents are here. But my dad went overboard to make sure that he never, that we never felt that feeling that he felt. And I remember one time, it was so, it was so crazy, my dad, you know, would come, me and, me and my brother Aaron are only 13 months apart. So every other year we would play on the same team. So if it was like, you know, 14, if I was on the 13 and 14, he would have been on the, you know, um, 11 and 12, you know? And so we were always like one year on, one year off. And this one particular year, we had a lot of games that were overlapping. So I might've had a game in Battle Creek and he might've had a game in Detroit. And I remember every single weekend, my dad would rotate weekends in terms of whose games he went to see. And every single weekend, he would sit us down and be like, all right, so you know I went to your game last week, CJ. So this week, you know, I'm sorry, I won't be there. I got to go to, you know, your brother's game. And I used to be looking at him like, yo, what are you talking about? But my dad was so committed to being there that he wanted to make sure that we knew. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I did understand it when I, you know, when I, when I you know, was a little older, we used to have field trips. Everybody had field trips at school. 
And I remember, you know, they'd ask for parent volunteers and my dad worked nights, right? And so my dad worked at GM, he worked the night shift when I was young. And so he would be, you know, wouldn't get home till, I don't know, three o'clock in the morning, probably didn't go to sleep till four o'clock. And we would leave for the field trip at 7.30. You know, you leave first thing in the morning. And my dad would always get up after a couple hours of sleep and come on the field trip. Now, when we got to the museum or we got to the little movie theater, whatever, he was knocked out for show, but he was always there. And I remember kids always wanted to ride in our van. Like my dad had a van and people would always like they would be separating us out into groups and people would always be like, I want to ride with Mr. Quinny. And I couldn't understand it. Like I really, you know, used to be like, yo, what's going on? Like, why does everybody want to ride with my dad? And I, I got it. E. I looked around and I said, wow, they don't have a father. And so they want to ride with my dad. I'm looking to ride with somebody else, right? Nobody want to ride with their parents. You know, I'm looking to go with somebody else. And everybody wanted to ride with my dad because he was the cool dad. He was there. He would play the music in the car, let us listen to 96.5 with the hip hop on there. And I just remember kids gravitating towards him. So, I, you know, so for me, once I saw that and these kids didn't have a father, I think my conviction came from, wow, how lucky am I? How blessed am I? that my dad broke the cycle so I didn't have to. I grew up, you know, middle class. You know, we took a couple trips to Disney World and, you know, I lived a great middle class lifestyle because of the decision that my father made. And I was so grateful and I felt so indebted. I think that's why I look at those kids that were at Vashon High School and while E says, I come from where you come from, I don't. But I understand the gifts that I've been granted. So whether you grew up in a situation like E and you feel like it's your duty to give back because you didn't have or whether you grew up in a situation like me where you were blessed and privileged enough like me and Carl to have your father in your life, to have, you know, people in your life who genuinely cared about you. Either way, it's your responsibility to give back. And we will always and forever push that that community service and that angle. And I hope if you get nothing else out of this podcast, it's the fact that you can be the change in your own community. Stop waiting for somebody to do it. I promise you, whoever gets elected, they not going to come do it for you. You have to get your butt up off your seat and go do it. Enough. We got enough people hashtagging on Twitter. We got enough people doing memes. Let's get out there in the streets. Let's get out there in the schools and get this work done, man, and be there for these kids and be a light for these kids so we can start creating legacies um, that last a, a, a lifetime. So with that being said, man, I want to switch into uh, the Ask ET segment. Um, this uh, episode is brought to you by ETA Grind Gear, redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to this podcast can receive an extra 20% off at checkout using the code secret to success. If you use that code, uh, you get 20% out of, off at checkout. So keep rocking with us on the podcast and go get that gear. Go get the book, The Average Skill Phenomenal Will. I believe it's on sale right now, right, Carl? Yep, it's on sale now. I think 20 uh, E, I hey, forgot well, the price. Uh, we just talked about it. Actually, not sale, but it's buy, one, buy the book. Get the workbook for free. So it's get a the $22. That's yeah, what it is, yeah. A $22, but a $40 value. Yep, so go check that out, guys. Of course, available exclusively at etinspires.com. Um, and also if for my wife, actually, I don't know what she was doing. She was listening to the podcast. Shout out to my wife, um, who, you know, that's not her swag usually, but she's been checking it out. So I know we must be doing something right. She said, you're not telling them where to get the, uh, the questions for the ask ET. And I said, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought I did, but, um, you can submit them at info at ET inspires. If you have questions for the ask ET segment, or you can go on Twitter and use the hashtag ask ET, uh, if you want to get those questions in. So I'll jump right into it. Um, Horace in Louisville wants to know, E.T., who was the first celebrity 
to reach out to you? I would probably say, you know, and maybe it was a couple, I don't know the order, but Tyree. Am I saying that right, Tyree? Tyrese. Yeah, Tyrese, Tyrese Gibson. Yeah. Is that Tyrese Gibson? Yeah. Um, Tyrese was the first one to reach out, like literally. Tyrese called Michigan State University, you know, and hawked me down. And uh, man, Tyrese was, you know, man, I'm talking about like, man, as down to earth as down to earth can be. Um, you know, we had a long conversation. You know, he, he told me that he had been listening to the guru story. He had put it out uh, on his social media and how many people had responded. And he was kind enough. And I, and I do, man, I, you know, some opportunities that you miss, that you regret you miss, but you know you have to do, you know, what's in the best interest of your priorities. But he actually invited me. It was either Transformers or it could have also been. I think it was Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. I think it was Fast and uh, Furious. He, he actually invited yeah, me to the set. Um, he actually invited me to the set and then he asked me, he also invited me to a function, a new year's function at his home. Neither I was able to do because, you know, of course, uh, my schedule, uh, and I, I do hope that I get that opportunity again, you know, just to be able to, you know, sit down cause I, I'm, 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 I'm old school, you know, so I'm a dude that, um, you know, I, I believe in loyalty is one of my 10 commandments, you know, thou shall be loyal. And so, um, he did a lot initially uh, and there was a couple other um, avenues that helped blow us up but Tyrese was one of the very first ones to use uh, his influence you know uh, and his uh, credibility um, you know to push the videos out so I think that was the first as far as I'm concerned see I, we didn't meet publicly but it was one of the first um, individuals that you know, supported our movement. Absolutely. Shout out to Tyrese. Uh, keep doing your thing out there. I know Tyrese is writing books and, and dropping yeah, albums absolutely. and in movies yeah. and yeah. just uh, hardworking, grinding at yeah. all times. So shout out to Tyrese. Uh, Shane in Dallas wants to know, E.T., love your work, man. Been on the grind heavy since I found you. Uh, how do I balance um, my work life and my home life? I've been grinding so much, but I feel like it's starting to slip at home. Please help. Yeah, I always tell people this, man. When I, when I say 120, you know, what I really mean by that is, you know, going 120 uh, for a designated period of time. Let me explain what I mean to, to guys when I say that. So, of course, most of you understand that, you know, my, life, my wife's health are changed, and by the grace of God, you know, she's doing 100% better than she was, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, phenomenal. Um, and so she still, though, only works, you know, so many hours. So she gets home at 1.30 every day. We stop what we're doing at 1.30. I do lunch with my wife. Uh, we go work out. Um, I pretty much stop the work uh, aspect of my life when my wife gets home, right? It, it might be times where, you know, there's something that I have to do. Um, the team is like, yo, E, this requires your attention. Uh, but for the most part, I pretty much shut it down at that point. And then when my daughter gets home from school, because she's a senior, I also shut it down because this is it for us, you know, in terms of, um, you know, uh, father-daughter type relationship, you know, as a young adult, you know, even if she, you know, goes to college and graduates and has to come home for a, 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 an extended period of time or whatever, you know, she'll be an adult. So this is like a different type of time that we can spend together. So I shut it down. But let me tell you something. When I get up in the morning, 
o'clock, 2.15, 3, 3.30. Whenever I get up, that time until 1.30 is the time I grind. So even with the podcast, we, we do the podcast pretty much the same time every time. When people call me, ET, I want to meet. Then we're going to have to do it before 1.30. So, so what happens is I, I use the whenever I wake up to 1.30 and I go hard. I go 120. And then when my wife comes home and we go to lunch, I go 120. Now, the only challenge that I have, like I'm not doing TV, I'm not doing all of that. I still need to work on my phone a little bit because there are times when we're out, you know, and we're enjoying ourselves, not working out, but eating, that I, I'm still looking at my phone and I need to work on that, you know, because that means I'm giving about 93. I'm not giving 120, you know. But then when my daughter comes home, man, I go all in with my daughter. You know, my daughter, you know, she's with track and field. So, you know, depending on how that goes, when she comes home, we lock it all down. So 120 doesn't mean you only focus on work and nothing else. No, it means that whatever part of your priority you're focused on at that time, you're going 120. So maybe you don't need to work 12 hours. Maybe you can work 10 hours and then those 10 hours go 120 and then three hours with your family and you go 120. You have to decide that. That's not something I can decide for you. But you don't want to gain all of this money and gain all this respect, you know, and gain all of this advancement and progression at work, but then your family can't stay in your guts. Your wife doesn't want to be married to you. Your, kid, your kids don't know you. So, so, you know, use your discretion. I would say common sense, but my grandma say common sense ain't always common. You know, but use your discretion, talk to your family, kind of find out what kind of time they need, what kind of time you need to work out and keep your body up, what type of educational time you need to continue to advance yourself. Like, like research all of that and then divide it, not equally per se, but divide it according to your priority. And then whatever that thing is you're doing, give that thing all of your attention, all your heart, all your might, all your soul. And if, I, I promise you, if you do that, and, and, and you do it in a way where you take care of each one of your priorities, you'll be fine. Absolutely. And I want to make sure I shout out Daquan DH, Robert McCann 19, and Coach Juggs as well. They had the, a very similar question on Twitter. Um, just want to make sure you guys know that we're actually responding to your questions when you're using that hashtag on Twitter too. All three of you guys had pretty, you know, a, a similar question. I think he just answered it right there. Um, let's jump into another one. Uh, run in full, running forward on Twitter. Jermaine Hughes wants to know, ET, the question that stays on my mind is where and how is Bob? He held you down so much when you were homeless, <laughs> ask ET. <laughs> No doubt. My boy Bob um, is uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. Of course, that's where, you know, Bob encouraged me and pushed me and opened up the doors for me to go. And then when I went there, you know, Bob eventually came. Uh, I left, of course, came back to Michigan. Um, but Bob is still there, married. Um, he's got a son, Bobby Jr. And, um, you know, Bob is doing well for himself. Uh, he's actually uh, in uh, management at a local um, bookstore there. Um, and, you know, we talk, uh, we don't talk every day, you know, because of the grind, but we talk a lot uh, during football season. You know, we're all things Detroit, Lions, Red Wings, Tigers, you know, Pistons, you know. Um, and so, you know, we talk during football and, you know, occasionally if we make it to the playoffs, baseball or basketball, you know, we'll talk about that. Always shout each other out. 
you know, on birthdays, August 11th is my boy's birthday. So I shot him out on his birthday, you know, et cetera. Um, so yeah, Bob's doing his thing. And uh, of course, his mom passed, you know, New Year. So I went, you know, and I did the eulogy for um, the funeral. Uh, his brother passed a couple years before that. I was there, did the eulogy. So, I mean, we, we you know, we, we brothers for life. Uh, we all have families now, you know, and major responsibilities. So the, the Uno days, you know what I'm saying, and the 21 days and the Tecmo Bowl days, you know. Not Tecmo uh, Bowl. Uh, Tecmo Bowl, baby. Tecmo Walter Bowl, Pay. baby. Uh, Walter Payne. Can you get this one? OC? He's on fire. He's on fire. That's NBA, NBA. Jam. NBA jams, baby. Yeah, I was going to say, you mix it up, <laughs> you know man. So we can't. Uh, but you're telling your age yeah, out yeah, here. We used to play the NBA jams, and of course, Tecmo Bowl was our thing. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we can't do that as much as we used to anymore. You know, but our love for each other, man, and our commitment and dedication to each other is um, is definitely there, man. So yeah, yeah. Shout out, man. Appreciate appreciate you. Um, yeah, appreciate you asking that question. Um, very few people asked me about Bob and it shows me that you a real student of the game, man. So shout out to you for that. Lizzie in Germany. Um, shout out to Germany. She wants to know from all three of us, what is your favorite track on the Dr. Thomas album? Hmm. Oh, my wrong is right off the cuff for hmm. me. Yeah, I heard that thing. I, I'll be honest. Every time I hear that thing, I get something yeah, inside I, me. I, I listened to it yesterday, man. Carl. I, I, randomly. Uh, I just listened to it randomly and, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And, and twice. Let me say this. Twice. Because hearing you and talk about your mom, but, I mean, for those of you who don't know, we know Kale. Man, listening to Kale's story, we know Kale. We know Kale's family. We know this is CJ's brother-in-law. You know what I'm saying? Um, like a little, I mean, brother. CJ called him his little brother. We don't do the By the way, stuff. shout out to Kale. But, you he know, you me listen to that. Money. He in school. Call me, say you need some money, so remind uh, me about that later. Yeah, Kale rapped on one track. Hey, hey, now I got to take hey, care he got a little brother. Life. Yeah, for the one track. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, that track, man, every time I hear it, you know, to, to know what his mom went through and just to listen to, you know, how he was able to articulate that in a verse, man, like you feel that. Like that ain't no, you know, this ain't no entertainment. This is like real life that, that, that you experience in there, so that's my track for e? sure. Hey, it's some close yeah, seconds, yeah, though. Sure. That's some close you. seconds, but that's, that's my e? number one. I, I'd say, yeah, it's, 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 it's between that one and covenant versus contract, definitely. And, and, and both, because both of those are, you know, my mom and my wife. So, you know, they, they both have a special place in my heart. And, um, you know, to be able to show both of them my gratitude for what they've done for me, you know, over the years. Mom from birth to now and Didi from 16, you know, rebirth from 16 to now. So, yeah, yeah those are my if two. If I had to go, I'd probably say... We on fire, I grind executions, worship dirty laundry, my writers. These <laughs> smoke grandma's kitchen, triple double step curry, nice no, no. smoke, you don't believe coming verse contract. No, no. Uncle Warner at the time, celebrate, grind double double face appears at the pocket, and thank you. Um, so if I had to choose, it'd be between one of those. Right, uh, right. But no, for real. Now, I'm going to be real. Like, like, it's cliche, but it's like choosing which one is your favorite child. Like, it's impossible to do. Right, and I'll be real yeah. with you. For me, when you talk about the album and the way in which, you know, it was done, and it's hard for me to talk about it because I did it, right? It's not like I'm bragging. But but really, to me, like, there's stuff that fits every mood. So it's like, it depends on what mood I'm in. Like, when I'm upbeat, I promise you, when I'm upbeat and I'm feeling good and I'm just like, 
you know, uh, just, you know, maybe got done with the week Absolutely. and got that feeling Absolutely. like that, you know, whatever, yeah. just a lot of accomplishments. Yeah. The Can We yeah. Smoke track, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That's funny yeah. and it's got me laughing or the grandma's kitchen. Those those tracks are like, man, when I'm in like grind mode and I'm like, you know, it's early in the week and we going at it, that beast mode track, you know, just gets me going. So I, I think it all depends and, you know, kind of depends on what mood you're in. So for me, I, I really, you know, I put them all together. Yeah, no, that so, makes sense. You know, and you and you did it, so you you would have a a different relationship, you know, with each track yeah, than sure. Carl and I because we weren't, you know, what I'm saying we weren't in the studio, you know, mastering and putting it all together. Yeah, you know and shout saying? out to so. everybody who who bought the album. I just talked to Carl today. I think we're going we're going to put out an acapella version. Uh, for okay. those of you who may just want to hear it without music and you just want the speeches for whatever reason. Um, that's cool. So Carl and I, we have the acapella version. We paid to get it done. Shout out to Patchwork. Shout out to Kurt. And um, so we have it, and we may just drop it up there, man. For those of you who say, you know, I just want to hear, you know, just the words. And maybe you got the album, and you, you know, the regular album, and you want the acapella version. We'll put that up uh, very shortly. But for those of you who haven't checked it out, make sure you go check out that Dr. Thomas album. Uh, we're doing big things now to address the elephant in the room. Cause I got about five, six, seven questions here. How do we feel about Michigan State taking the L in the tourney? Stun. I'll be real. Um, I, I pondered uh, going to Hong Kong for a couple of weeks and just, you know, being in my thoughts and just trying to figure out what happened. But yes, our, our guys did take that L. They lost to Middle Tennessee State, one of the biggest upsets in the tourney ever. We were a two seed. They were a fifteen. But as they say, uh, it's March Madness, and I'm gonna be real, I'm mad. So it, it, the bill fits. Um, I'm definitely mad. I'm getting over it now. We're recording this podcast. It's Wednesday. It happened on Friday. And I'll be honest with y'all. Everybody wants to know, are oh, you all right? I was more shocked than anything. Like, I was like, I wasn't even like, you know, like when we got beat by Alabama in football, I was hurt. Like, man, we didn't even score a point. Like what? And, you know, and obviously we were kind of the underdog going in. So, you know, whatever. But the loss the other day, I was like, whoa. Was stunned, bro. And it's weird for stunned. me because, you know, for real, at, at ETA, we, we middle Tennessee state, like we the 15 seed. And so I know you got to be careful with them underdogs because sometimes they got the most heart and the most fight. And I don't really think that we necessarily took them lightly. But I think, man, sometimes when you count it out and, and you you cornered and, and nobody thinks you can do it, man, sometimes them, those are the most dangerous people. Those are the most dangerous teams. And we ran into a buzzsaw that day, and these dudes, you know, was throwing up anything from anywhere, and it was going in. Middle Tennessee, I'm mad at y'all because y'all went against Syracuse a couple of days later and couldn't throw right. it in the doggone ocean. So I'm mad about that. I wish I would have <laughs> kept that chip on your shoulder, but... Hey, man, um, fair is fair, and them, them boys came out and played, and they got us. Shout out to my Spartans, though, man. I love y'all. You know, we riding with you. We'll be back next year to go at it. But, yeah, man, we took that L. Yeah, man, I was stunned. Yeah, I told my wife, don't, 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 not, not again. Not that I don't, I don't love staying, but I told my wife, don't pack nothing green and white for this trip. Not that I don't want to wear it, but I don't want to talk about it. I don't even want nobody to ask me nothing about it. Like, I promise you I want to wear green and white all day, but I can't take nobody asking me now. Oh, no, for real. I went to the gym the next day. You know, I went to the gym the next day, Carl, and I purposely didn't put on my state gear, not because I wasn't trying to rep or I was embarrassed or ashamed or anything. 
I didn't want to be held responsible for my actions if somebody ran up in my face talking about something. <laughs> oh, what happened? Like, I might, y'all might have to bail me for out sure. at that moment. I needed, it was 24-hour rules in, in effect. So I just went on to drop the uh, uh, ETA joint on when I went to the gym instead of my Michigan State hoodie. And I did consciously <laughs> think about that. I'm back wearing it to the gym now. And, uh, you know, a couple of people try to have a conversation, but I'm in a better space right now. I say, yeah, what are you, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna about do? That. Yeah. You know, we love and, so. and I don't want it. Y'all know me, man. I'm a little old. I don't want to be deep on everything, but I promise you two things for me. The first one is it just feels weird. You know, the weekend felt weird. See, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like March is our time. And I'm so used to, you know, my wife and I, my family, you know, we, um, you know, we getting our, 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 our food together. It's our time together. See, you know, historically, it's like March is when we sit at the TV and, and, and watch us, you know, make that, 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 that trip to the, you know, at least compete to get to the final four, you know? And so to be out this early, see, it just seems awkward, you know, like I didn't really watch no games after that. I watched Middle Tennessee just to see, you know, what, what they were going to do. And, um, but man, I'm telling you, we were just, we didn't watch nothing on Sunday. I'm not, you know, Thursday, I'm not really, you know, mega inspired, you know, to check out the Sweet 16. It's it just weird, man. This is, this is usually our time. And it just seems like, I don't know, man. It's just like, uh, like a, a vacant, like, you know, just this like hole. It's like empty. You know, so, yeah, man, I hope they can bounce back next year and do what they're supposed to do. But this is to all you individuals who used to be underdogs and now you on top. This is a lesson, bro. This is a lesson for all of you who used to be an underdog and you worked hard to get to a place of accomplishment. And now you're there. I challenge you to be grateful, but never satisfied. Yeah. And you You know know what's crazy? I challenge you. You know what's crazy? I'm going to be real. I felt bad, but when I saw, I don't know if y'all seen what happened to doggone Northern Iowa. You talk about the highs and the lows. The first game, my man makes a half-court buzzer beater to win. Then they play in Texas A&M two days later, and they up, I want to say, 12 points with 35 seconds and lost the game. Listen, man, you better play to the end. I don't care until there's no time on the clock. You better play. It was the biggest collapse in college basketball history. They lost a 12-point lead in 30-some seconds. The shot clock, 30 seconds, doggone it. Like, all they had to do was hold the rock, and and they lost, man. But shout-out to Texas A&M for fighting to the death. And and Northern Iowa, you, you got caught slipping. And so... Yeah, man, a lot of le- lot of lot of life lessons to be learned in this tourney, man. You know, it's yeah, a microcosm man. of life. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. yeah, man. Shout out to all the teams that are left in the Sweet 16. Um, I don't care who wins now, so enjoy it. I won't be watching. Yeah, my bracket, I, I, man. Bro, I promise you, I ain't watched. The, I ain't watched hardly a game. I caught a couple highlights. My wife was like, "Oh, you gonna watch the game?" I was like, oh, "We can go wherever you want." We end up going out. We went to PF Chang. I'm like, "Look, I don't even want to be near TV." We we were in at Cumberland. We had to walk past the uh, B Dubs to get to PF Chang, and it was a couple of hours after we lost. I was like, "Look, let's just walk around the other way." So I only had to walk walk past all these TVs and see all the commentary about us losing. So, um, yeah, no, it was tough, man. But we will be back. Got a great recruiting class coming in. 
Um, real quick, man, I want to thank everybody. Listen, everybody who's writing these reviews for us, um, it was brought to my attention that we have made it into what, Carl, the top 10? Top 10 in that self-help category. In the self-help category, guys, we are in the top 10. I think this is only like episode uh, we on 13. This one is 14 now. This is 14 right here. And you guys already put us in the top 10. 10. Listen, we're not in the top 10 because it's a great podcast. We're in the top 10 because you are leaving those reviews, right? They're going off the reviews saying, wow, they're doing a whole lot of numbers in these reviews. People are really enjoying it. So listen, if you out there listening to the podcast, before we jump into ET's nugget of the day, if you out there listening to this podcast, we do it for free. We put it up for free. The only thing we ask in exchange is that if you like this podcast, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Literally, we read every single one. And because of the 150 people that have gone and left the review, iTunes has put us on their main page and jumped us into the top 10. So if you're sitting out there and you're like, oh, I would do it, but, uh, you know, please take, you know, a couple minutes out for those of you listening on the iTunes or whatever, whatever app you are, and leave a review. They really help. I want to read a couple just because... Um, you know, I think it's phenomenal, but, um, prosper leadership development said, this is a great podcast has helped me grow as a business person, which in turn uh, ha has helped me grow as a person, which is in turn has helped me grow my business. Um, he said, man, the storm will come at some point, but I am ready. Thanks to this podcast. Thanks to Carl, CJ and ET, please keep them coming. Um, keeping it real D Murph eight. 811 said, man, I can relate to you guys. I was born and raised in Gary, Indiana, and I know the sacrifices it takes as a former D1 athlete and upcoming entrepreneur. Thank you for your words of encouragement. Um, Dan, the 90 man said, this is the best podcast on iTunes, hands down. The content is relatable. CJ, Eric, and Carl are the best motivators on earth. I have followed ET since 2014 and can say his message has always challenged me in, uh, to become better. Dre Day said, loving the podcast. E.T. and C.J. combined are like the Splash Brothers when it comes to dropping nuggets. You can't help but improve yourself after listening. And I'll add on there, we got our Draymond Green and Carl. Um, you know what I'm saying? This podcast, uh, Elvira Valdez said, this podcast jumpstarts my morning. C.J. and E.T. provide tough love that we often need. Thank you for pro providing this podcest. Perfect timing. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to every hey, don't single person Don't forget to thank Sean the model. Sean Amato. Sean, and my boy. yeah, shout out to Sean and Lewis. And Lewis. And all the yeah. people who helped us get started and convinced us that, yeah, y'all yeah, well, need to do it and do it for real. Don't just do it Gave once us a the month. Blueprint. Don't do it once every two months. Get this thing going on a weekly basis. So as long as y'all keep leaving those reviews and giving us that feedback, man, we're going to keep this thing going and we're going to keep it going for free. And um, thank you to the people who left reviews. Go write a review. Now, without further ado, BreatheUniversity.com presents E.T.'s Nugget of the Day. <laughs> Who is it by? Uh, BreatheUniversity.com. <laughs> Some little amazing I love company it. I heard of. I love it, man. Look, real quick, I don't want to be too deep because uh, we, you know, we, 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 we gave you a lot of depth today. Uh, but I put on a meme today, done is better than perfect when perfect ain't done, you know. Hmm. And uh, I mean Say that, that again. Say that heart. one more time, please. Yeah, yeah. Done is better than perfect when perfect ain't done, you know. And so it's a lot of you guys out there. Look, get started and finish. <clears throat> like, look, I, I can't speak for Carl and CJ. You know, I can speak for myself. Like, there are those of you who may make the mistake of thinking I'm deeper than what I am. I'm not. I'm, I just get it done. 
you know, and so there's a guy out there that's way sweeter perhaps, you know, but he's still working on it. He's still, he is, he's still cooking it. He's still in the kitchen. He's still thinking about it. He's still analyzing it, right? I call it, you know, analysis of paralysis last week. And I just want to make sure that you get it, that it done is better than perfect when perfect ain't done. So simple execution, right? My son put a, um, a pick when he went to go see his counselor so that he can get his final year all mapped out. He took a picture of the room with the counselor and put is worshiped. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. He gets it. He gets it. It's registering. So he didn't even say execution. He just showed me the picture because he realizes that if you wake up every single day and you get something done every single day, you're going to wake up and have 365 things done. And if you only get 345, you still have way more done than the average person. And that's going to make you great. So get her done. Yup, you heard me. Get her done. Stop talking about it and be about it. It's your boy E.T. Appreciate the nugget, E.A. We out of here, man. Go to iTunes. Leave that review right now. Don't say you do it later. Just go leave it right now. We'll check y'all out, man. Go check us out at etinspires.com, breatheuniversity.com. For Carl and E, I'm CJ. We out of here. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity.